my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. So today's episode is a very special one because I'm joined by a very special guest who is one of my students who I love dearly. I mean, I love all of my students. Uh, Y'all are all amazing, which I tell you all of the time. So that is not (laughs) new information for you. But this student, um, her name is Shondala. She has grown so much and and loves so much and loves so deeply. And uh, it's just always a joy to get to talk with her. And so she's joining me today on the podcast to talk about finding your voice in your healing journey. And we talked about so many things. We talked about finding our, our voice in relationships, dealing with heartbreak, dealing with self-doubt, living in deprivation and not showing up for ourselves, hiding from people who really want to be there for us and what that looks like to actually walk in it, um, the tools um, that she uses to work through things. It's, it's This is a really, it's a really great conversation. Um, I just got through listening back on it. And so I'm so excited to share it with you. Um, and of course, you know, with her being one of my students, she's talking about just the impact that some of the things here on Black Girls Heal have been a support to her from the podcast that all of you are um, participating in to the retreat to our um, um, A2A program. And so she's going to talk a little bit about all of that as well. So um, I hope that you enjoy this. I hope that you gain a lot from it. Um, If in addition to hearing the lessons that we talk about in this episode, you are interested in working together with any of the things that she talks about, at the end of the episode, I'm going to talk about each of the different avenues that she um, hits on um, and how you can take a next step if that's what you are looking for. But with all that said, let's go ahead and jump into this wonderful conversation talking about finding our voice in our healing journey. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so today on the podcast, I have my beautiful and wonderful and wise and just kind-hearted student, Shondala. How are you, Shondala? I'm great, Sheena. Um, That was a fantastic introduction. I don't know about the wise part, but I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) You are hella wise, which um, people are going to hear about today, but I'm so happy for you to join us and just talk with us about your story because I feel like so many people will be able to be healed from hearing it 
um, and talking about your experience. And so I just appreciate you taking the time to join me. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So go ahead. So I was going to talk, um, I guess, the intro about um, my story and who I am and um, how I stumbled upon your wonderful podcast and it changed my life. Um, you know, I, I jokingly tell you that all the time, but it really is true. Um, when I was separating from my ex-husband, I realized at that time that I really had lost my voice and um, I really didn't know who Shandala was anymore. Um, I had been in a relationship that I thought was good um, but in hindsight, of course, realizing that there was a lot of brokenness and a lot of healing that I needed to encounter. Um, once I was ending my separation, I was looking for someone that was um, African-American that could um, articulate the nuances that come from being a Black woman dating men of color and the struggles that we go through when trying to figure out why do I keep running into the same guy? Um, and I stumbled upon your podcast of love addiction and being a child of a addict, um, my father was a recovering uh, drug and alcohol addict for most of my life. Um, I was like, can you really be addicted to love? And what does that picture look like? Um, and I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh shit, that's me. So my vice of choice is love and relationships and how I do life in that manner is why I keep dating and eventually married um, the same guy. Um, I think that for women of color, we, we don't really have that voice. We don't talk about our feelings a lot. So when I stumbled upon your podcast, I just was like, okay, I give me more, give me more, give me more. Of course, the addictive personality I have, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it was healing hearing your voice and hearing that there was actually, um, I guess, giving voice to the feelings that I was feeling and didn't know what to call it. And um, you talk often about being the friend that feels like you never have it together. And that's how I always felt in relationships. My girlfriends would do love and they would find these wonderful guys and they would navigate those waters of the relationship so well. And when conflict would arise, they would tackle it head on. And for me, I noticed that I would cower um, and I'm normally a very strong person, but in romantic partnerships, I just couldn't get it together. And the way that I would retreat just didn't seem right for me. So listening to your podcast, I really got a lot of the tools um, that helped me to one, compartmentalize what I was feeling and then also um, use that to dissect it and figure out, you know, how to remedy those feelings and talk myself through it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Well, that's so awesome to hear that the podcast helped um, externalize that and for you to see it and that you could tangibly touch a name and then, you know, Uh heal from it. But Uh while we're talking, the image I got about, you know, how us as victims of um, or experiencers of childhood emotional neglect um, from maybe well-meaning parents, but maybe they have an addiction or something else is going, it really just does leave us with that need to be seen and be valued and um, be protected. And, you know, we're talking about finding your voice and the image I got was of the little mermaid and how (laughs) this girl literally traded her voice, traded who she was for the hope of having love, um, for the hope of someone seeing her and putting herself in that danger and how Um, Of course, it's a cartoon, but that's so common, how much we will trade ourselves just for the hope of someone loving us back. For sure. No, that um, image is very real. Um, I think that that would probably depict what I felt like my life story was, is every time I would move into relationship, I would shift Um, because of being that little girl that had to um, be parentified. And I was only given the things that I needed if I was um, not needy. You know, if I didn't need anything, then I was given the praise of, Shandala, you're such a good girl because you don't need or want for anything. Shandala, you take care of your sister or you take care of Um, the things in the house and I don't have to worry about you. So I'm giving you praise for doing um, the things that I need for you to do, one. Um, And then also two, the fact that you become needless and wantless, um, that's when I was getting the praise. So I realize now, definitely with your help, that that also transferred into how I behaved in relationship. Once I got in, I had needs, I had wants, I had emotions, but I didn't know that showing up as my 100% authentic self meant that the men in my life really wanted me to have needs and um, express those needs and wants and emotions. But I hid them because I thought that was the trade-off in order to be seen, heard, wanted. Um, And I definitely didn't learn that until uh, going to the retreat, which was phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah, what what were you expecting coming into the retreat? Um, Honestly, I was expecting to... Versus what you got, I guess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Because it was definitely, well, we'll talk about that. But um, so what I was expecting was to get a little uh, more clarity on uh, what being a love addict was versus being an avoidant. Because um, what you talk about often on the podcast about people vacillating between the two. And you can 100% be in both. And I was confused um, going into the retreat because I was like, I feel like I'm an avoidant, like, ew, feelings, gross. 
I don't want to show my emotions. I don't have time for any of that because I want love, but I don't want to be all over the top. But then my inner child, 100% is like addicted to it. Give me more, give me more. So I was hoping that when I got to the retreat, that would be what I got clarity on, which 100% I got clarity on. However, in receiving that clarity, I met the most amazing women. Um, God, I love those women. And we have a group text, um, which you may not know this, but we have a group text and we stay in contact. We generally talk like once a week. We have books that we're reading together. We try to have Zoom meetings so that we can talk to each other. We send Christmas cards and they are the sisters that I didn't know I needed. Um, I'm getting emotional, but um, having that tribe there with you when you're in the trenches, someone who actually truly understands that struggle is like beyond exactly what you need uh, when you're going through this. You talk about doing uh, our healing in community. And at first I was like, no, I do everything in isolation. I don't need anyone. All I want is to find the love of my life. And outside of that, I'm all good. But that sisterhood that we formulated over those three days, it's amazing how close we are <laughs> with just having shared that experience, Sheena. Seriously, their retreat was life-changing. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really awesome to see because y'all are all so different, different ages, yes. story, mm-hmm. different parts of the country, different backgrounds. And y'all, y'all, <laughs> thanks. Um, and I remember the night that I kind of stayed a little bit later in the house and mm-hmm. y'all had me on the floor <laughs> laughing. It was just so yes. and best sisterhood y'all were able to build. I loved it. Yes, yes. And they are all hilarious in their own rights. Um, (laughs) and, um, they're all so giving and just wonderful, pure hearts. Every last one of them. I don't think, actually, I know for a fact, we didn't have any type of disconnect, um, with each other. We all were very like-minded in that we were open to whatever unfurled during the weekend, but we all were coming for our healing. And I think, um, there are some of us that have stronger personalities and we all just navigated that space together. And I think as black women, we kind of look at each other like, oh, well, we don't want the stereotypical attitude to transpire, but we didn't experience any of that. And they're amazing women. They really are. Every last one of them. Yeah. Yeah. But the people who were supposed to be there that weekend were absolutely there. Um, yes, and it, it was a big risk for all of y'all to come because y'all didn't really know who was going to be there none of y'all came with friends right, right. family um and y'all were on this beach <laughs> in this beach house yes yes. <laughs> yes exactly and we navigated even that um you know some of us were uh wanting to exercise or wanting to go walk on the beach we talked about it um 
we talked about, you know, just cleanliness of the house, how we wanted to keep things. Um, some of us got up in the morning, made breakfast for each other. Some of us uh, washed dishes. You know, it was just, it was a sisterhood. It was so, so great. It really, really was. It, it was an awesome experience. And the part that I loved is us meeting um, at the airport and your team and yourself having the foresight to put us all in a group text. And we just introduced ourselves as our flights um, arrived. And as each of us did, we would um, say, hey, I'm such and such and I'm wearing this. And then we would meet up and kind of talk a little bit about our story. But it was, you know, one or two people. So we were able to kind of be um, a little more private and those of us who are avoidant, me, um, share a little bit of our story as um, each person arrived. It was just, it was, it was really, really great. And the beach house, oh my gosh, that, that house gave me life. <laughs> Even yeah. with us, you know, having the issues that we had of, you know, it being COVID and not being able to get, you know, all of the things that we needed as far as the two homes and having the group shrunk down to the smaller intimate, um, it just, it was good. It was really, really good. That's awesome. That's really great to hear because putting on our first retreat was definitely a journey. So I'm happy that, <laughs> that y'all have yelled at and more. So. Mm -hmm. But let's go back to um, the topic because you said some really um, great things. Um, I was thinking there was one part when you were talking about finding out that the men in your life um, actually wanted you to have a voice and wanted you to express your needs. And I was just thinking about how that can be such a hard balance between the two, the two extremes, the two dichotomies that I feel like we're taught. Either yes. we extremely open and unfiltered and codependent and like we, we share everything we want with people or we have to be strong and shut off and they have to, you know, prove that they're worthy of our trust and even that hard. And so how, my question is, how have you found that balance? Cause it sounds like you're, you're more balanced in that area. I'm finding it. Um, <clears throat> I have to one, be honest that I do still struggle in that area. Um, my last relationship that I was in, I think I was more on the all, um, for lack of a better way to say it, like emotional vomit. Um, I would just give him everything um, that I was feeling in the beginning. And then as soon as I shared those things, I would feel like, oh my God, I overshared. I shouldn't show my emotions. He's not going to um, want to be with me further. He's going to feel like I'm too much. Um, you know, all of the negative things that we tell ourselves, or at least I know that I do. Um, because as I said, you know, I, I vacillate between being an avoidant and um, an addict and uh, a love addict. And the avoidant in me is like, I don't want the emotional peace. I just want you to love me and leave me alone um, mm -hmm. because all the rest of it 
is, um, I don't know, uh, it's, it's emotional. It, it's, it's an, exposing. Ex- yeah, it's very exposing mm-hmm. and I just wasn't comfortable with it, but, um, the gentleman that I was seeing, I was very comfortable with him. And so part of me not knowing how to navigate that, I would just give and give and give. And then on the things that weren't, I guess, really, they mattered. Um, It all matters, but it really didn't matter in that way. But the places where I should have been emotional and open with my feelings and how I liked him and, um, you know, how I felt about him and what we were doing in our relationship, I wasn't able to share because I was afraid that if I told him that, then he would take advantage. So I pulled all of that back. And if I gave it to him, then he would go away. And I realized that that was my negative self-talk. And it was also my programming from whenever I was younger, um, when I would be this happy, jovial little girl, and then my father would act out in his addiction, which was nothing to do with me. Now I know that is unfortunately what I internalized as how men behave. So I projected that in my romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, of course we're talking about men and straight relationships, but it's like, is mm-hmm. any partner, you know, that we may be romantically connected with, um, mm. If you were, um, if you were saying this, but I remember that there would definitely be parts of of me in previous romantic partnerships where they, I would only give them one part of me to love because yes. the whole thing was just too much. So either they would get my body, um, and we would have all this like sexual connection and chemistry and like fun and surface level stuff, but the emotion part, like like you're t- saying, like that is like too much like that's too much of a risk and then there would be other men that like would get my heart and my spirit and we would go there but the sexual part I couldn't make that connection do you do you relate to that at all I relate to it 100% um and I think that part of that I couldn't really um isolate what that was is I would have these relationships where I was like oh my god the sex was amazing but he as far as what I needed to share with him, I didn't have any attachment. And I would always tell my girlfriends, I don't know how to have both. Um, And I think that now, unfortunately, since being married, I don't know how to separate it either. And I don't know that it's an unfortunate thing. I I think that that's just my evolution. But 100%, I think that I... um, can understand that partnership. And with the gentleman that I was referring to, I tried to have both, but I struggled with doing them at the same time. So it was um, sections where um, I would be completely open with him emotionally, but sexually I would pull back and Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out what that was. I was like, well, is something off between us? Is he not behaving the way I want him to? Am I not behaving the way that he wants me to? What's going on? Our sex life is not where it used to be. And then when it would move into the sex was amazing. um, Emotionally, I was not sharing anything. 
because I was like, if I share emotionally, it's going to mess up what we're doing sexually. And just that disconnect, um, I found very intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's part of the healing process where trust really comes into play and that's learning how to trust that people can, can and want to hold space for all of us um, and that they want all of that, like, like you were already saying earlier. And also that we, all of us is worth getting to know. There's so much fear of rejection and fear of being too much um, and fear of being too needy, like you said before. And um, I know one of the things that we talk about is um, saying out loud what you're feeling instead of holding it in. So with a partner or with a friend, if you're feeling that internal rejection, instead of you having feel like you have to deal with it by yourself or go on journal or go and tap or whatever we talk about in the program for you to say out loud to your friends, I am feeling scared that you might think this or the story I make up is this and then letting them respond and letting and seeing if what you think is true is actually true or if you're making it up in your head. Yes, 100%. I think that's what I'm learning. Um, that inner voice, my inner critic uh, runs to, if you share that, they're going to leave. And um, whether it is my romantic relationships and even in my friendships, um, afraid to ask them for help, afraid to ask them to show up for me. Um, you know, if I'm going somewhere or I'm going through things, I think even in my entry into the program and going on the retreat, my girlfriends had no idea where I was going. They just knew that I was heading out to Texas and I am um, taking trips on my, on my own. Um, they didn't know that it was to help in my healing. And once I shared that with someone, um, mistakenly because I wasn't going to share um, because again that whole feeling of I'm the friend that doesn't have it together I was a little embarrassed that I needed help in that area um, mm -hmm. but I found that once I shared that with members of my tribe they were like girl I need help I might look like I have it together but I struggle in this area and so I started sending your podcast to them and things of that nature, but just giving voice to that. And even with the romantic partnership, when I would show up and tell him the things that I needed, he would say, well, I was just waiting for you to tell me that that's what you needed. And oh, Sheena, oh, oh. honestly, <laughs> the look oh. on my face was like, wait, what? You, you want me to tell you that I have issues, <laughs> that I'm emotional and all of these things that I had learned to stuff as a child, um, it was just so strange. And even in my marriage, um, because as I said, I was divorced, but I was married for 16 years and it took so long for him to break down the walls um, to get me to share those things, but not realizing, and he would tell me that, you know, I never knew you felt like that. And I'm like, well, why didn't you read my mind? But, you know, it's that whole thing of thinking that people hear the voices in our heads. Um, 
And we, as uh, I think children that have experienced trauma, we're so used to um, trying to guess what's going to happen in our home life or whatever that traumatic event was, wherever it was with the caregiver, trying to figure out what their response is going to be to a situation. We're so much in that um, preventative mode that when it comes to the romantic relationships or our friendships or however um, the love addiction and avoidance issues show up, um, we try to overcompensate by figuring out what our partner thinks. And oftentimes we're wrong. At least that's been my experience. Oftentimes I was wrong. Um, they really wanted to show up for me and I just missed it. Yeah, that is so real. And it's so hard to believe that we could be wrong because that inner voice you're talking about, that self-directs us, has been right for so yeah. much of, or at least it's produced results that feel controllable and manageable and successful. And so when we are mind reading or jumping to conclusion or assessing what's going on, what someone is thinking, it feels, it, of course, of course, what I'm thinking is accurate. Of course, mm -hmm. this is the, this is the sermon, not my trauma response. Um, but like you said, like, if we're not checking the facts and actually bringing it to them, we could be creating a whole, recreating our whole trauma story and narrative in this relationship that could actually be really safe for us. Yes, and, and that brings to mind um, a question that you asked me in the retreat when I was um, telling my story. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm sure that you saw it in my face, um, but I was giving voice to what I felt like um, my partner at the time was thinking about me. And you mm -hmm. asked me, well, Shondola, how do you know that? And I literally like froze mm -hmm. because that was my thought. How, how, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. And some of the things I had asked questions, but other parts I had inferred because that part of me that has protected me my whole life got used to reading people's minds and being accurate, you know, 90% of the time. And the other 10%, I was just like, ah, that was a one-off. We're not going to worry about that. Um, <laughs> that so, you knew, right? Right, that I knew of because that was also the narrative that I created in my mind was that I was right 90% of the time. <laughs> and in that moment at the retreat, and that was also the day that you gave us to kind of go off and journal. And I just sat by the water. I told the ladies, I was like, it's nothing that you guys did or whatever. But that session was just really, really deep for me. And it, I was really raw. I really had to sit and assess, how do you know that, Shandala? Um, you know, you talk about talking to that um, inner child and reassuring her but I had to get real with her and ask her you know this narrative that you're creating and you're spinning are you putting yourself in this box of deprivation which I knew that I was but also until the retreat I didn't get um, the opportunity to give voice to that either because that part of me my self-protection was 
well, in order for me to be needless and wantless, um, I have to just cut everybody off. I'm not going to go with any guys. I'm not going to talk to any of them. I'm not going to give them any of my attention. I'm not going to need sex. I won't get sex or a relationship until I fix me 100%. And you've also given voice to, you're never going to be 100%, Shandala. Um, that perfectionist um, part that I also learned in my childhood trauma of being perfect in order to receive love has also kind of been stripped away that it's okay for you to be imperfectly perfect. And that has been... Um, scary as hell but also so needed and so eye-opening that it's okay for me to be not okay all the time and it's okay for me to expose some of my um shortcomings and things that I need in relationship and if that person is my person they're going to want to do that but it doesn't have to be to my original um, point emotional vomit. I don't have to give it all to them in order for them to like me. I don't have to deprive them of parts of me in order for them to like me. Just let it be organic, you know, and that has been the one thing that I can say in A2A um, that I've really been learning with the ladies who are also amazing. Um, <laughs> just that it's okay to be you, you know, just imperfectly you. That's all good. Yeah. Yeah. You said so many beautiful things, Shondala. <laughs> but yeah, like the deprivation, we don't understand that when we do these, um, these self-love detoxes where we cut off people and cut off things and we go into our little bubbles, it can feel really safe to be in that cocoon. And there might even be some really beautiful things that happen in that moment, but we're also depriving ourselves from that emotional nurturance, the physical nurturance. And it's almost like if we do it in a really extreme way, it's almost like self-punishment. It's almost like yeah. I've made all these relationship mistakes or I've failed or I've shown weakness. And so now I need to go and isolate um, versus it can, it can be from a place of self-discovery and self-love and expansion. Like even in the program, you've heard me talk about this. You know, I, I talk to women who are single and feeling like they are in love addicted patterns to do the 90 day detox from mm -hmm. that energy, but to use that 90 day detox from romantic energy and partnerships as a tool, not as a process. Like this is just right. a way for you to reset, but this isn't every time you have a breakup, every time you go through um, a hard moment that you go and put yourself in isolation for another three months. Unless of course you need to, like there's real PTSD, but um, it's just a moment in time. Yeah, yeah. I definitely um, can say that that was my go-to. Um, I didn't even realize that I was doing it. Like I would um, go through, I would call them my sexual and emotional droughts, but they were not from a place of healing. They were from a place of punishment. They were, you messed up in this area, you need to figure that out. And so until you can figure that out, um, you don't get to have a 
connection with a man. Um, you messed up in this area of your friendships. And so no new friends, no new experiences. We're not doing anything until you fix that. And even in just the voice that, um, and I'm sure I can hear it in my head, the shift in how I spoke to myself about um, those things, it was very uh, antagonistic and it was very, this is a punishment. This is what you did. So now in order to fix it, here is the punishment that you have to experience. And until you're a good girl, you don't get the reward, which was the relationships, which was the man that I wanted, which was the emotional connection and feelings that I wanted in those areas, I would not allow myself to partake in. And now I'm in my um, detox right now. And I tell you, you know, I've started over several times. Um, but I am, I think, in day 15 of actually being um, no male attention and no um, relationships or what have you with men, like no male attention. And, but I actually started this um, just after the first of the year when um, my relationship with the gentleman ended and I left that relationship thinking, I gotta figure this out because I'm tired of hurting my, myself. Um, in these relationships and I have all these tools and that's actually what led me to HOA. It was just perfect timing with everything. So, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And we're absolutely going to talk about HOA, but I just want to say, uh, yeah. Relationships are not the prize. No. Us, it's not like we do this healing process to get in a relationship and it's this like mecca, you know, because we we bring ourselves everywhere we go. We bring our insecurities, we bring our doubts, we bring our abandonment issues, and we still feel that in our relationships. That so the prize is being reconnected to the beauty and wonder that we always were, that we have all Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. 
Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Always been enough. We've always been worthy. We've always been deserving. And not just knowing that, but truly believing it and, and reveling in it. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Yeah. And, you know, you bring a point and I know we'll go to A2A, but that point has been so freeing for me. Um, I can honestly say that my inner little girl, um, before I was hurt, was walking in that place of, I am the prize. And so I have always been that child, my inner child, and then grew into that woman. But when you go through those relationships where um, we allow our partners to make us doubt who we really are at our core, because obviously if they got um, involved with us, when they became involved, they realized that we were that chick. Um, mm-hmm. We somehow during that place forgot that that's who we were and mm-hmm. allowed them to manipulate certain things in our mind. Um, or I shouldn't say that we um, allowed events to manipulate that place in our mind that made us think we're not or we're less than or we're too much or if I am this then that um and during those relationships that trauma resurfaces but we don't know how to give voice to it some of us and I think that um what I'm learning in every aspect of just the podcast with um, A2A with even the recovery school 2.0, which is where I was, um, and then moved into A2A. I think that the knowledge that I've acquired is so much deeper, not just about the romantic partnerships, but my relationship with me. And you hear your intro where you say you're wanting us to look at those relationships of love addiction and love avoidance and the deprivation, but always you tie it back to the relationship with yourself. I always thought that I was super, super self-aware, which I am, Mm -hmm. Um, but that 
aspect, I had no idea was so connected to my negative self-image. Like I don't struggle in finding friends. I have a huge tribe. My girlfriend crew is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't share with them where my struggles were emotionally with men. I just listened to them and tried to glean from the parts that they were um, able to navigate and do well in their highlight reel. I was like, okay, I'm going to pick that up and I'm going to apply X that Susie does, you know, and um, I don't have a friend named Susie, <laughs> but I'm going to apply. All names change to protect you. Me. Right. Okay. So I would try to, I will call their name Lucy, um, my girl. I would listen to the things that she would say. And I would say, okay, well, Lucy's really good in this area. DeAndre's really good in this area. Nikki's really good in this area. So I will listen to the things that they're giving me and I'll try to apply that. But because it didn't connect to me emotionally, I was still in that um, negative self-talk about my self-love. For me, I felt like well, they deserve that relationship, but I don't for X, Y, and Z reason. In your program, you've helped me to kind of peel back that onion and see the places where my self-love needed to be um, raised so that I can actually show up as my full self in all of my romantic relationships because the man is not the prize I am, but until I see that I'm a queen in my own right before him, after him, during him, whatever. I can't really show up as authentically Sean. And I love that chick that I see in the mirror now, probably 95% of the days. And I definitely can say that before stumbling onto your podcast, that was not true. It really was not. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Hi out here. I'm just so, so happy for you. Um, Yeah, we're going to talk about H today. I just want to say one more thing about the retreat. Um, What I really, so for those of you who don't know, uh, which is a lot of people, because there's only been a few of us who've been at the retreat, there is a curriculum to the retreat where we talk about the different archetypes. But even though I have the curriculum is loose, like we had a whole booklet but I was very much just trying to go off what it looked like the, the group was needing, right? It was and organic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very organic. And so there was so much magic that happened in uh, the love seats, as we called it. Um, instead yes. of passing, just like um, talking in a circle and going deeper there. And I think that's, that's where the magic happens because there's one thing regarding about like listening to the podcast or reading whatever I, I post or what information we have out there, but it's, there's something different when you're talking about it and when you're oh, getting, yes. and like you said before, I can't remember what point you were making, but you were saying how you said something out loud. That was like matter of fact, yeah, about what your, um, your ex-partner said. And for you, it's like, of course this is true, but you think what you're saying is very logical, but you need that outside reflection to be like okay let's actually look at this let's see how true this really is for you to get those breakthroughs yes and even um 
I was talking about at that point, just exactly that, what my ex-partner said, but also um, one of the things that made me uh, think about that is when the relationship ended with um, my ex-partner, I actually shared it with the ladies from the retreat before I shared it with my girlfriends, Um, which was mind blowing for me. Um, I felt that connection with them so strongly that I knew they would understand um, what I was actually feeling and help me to give words to it. And the woman that I shared it with before is my sweet, sweet favor, who is, oh, oh my God, I love me some favor. <laughs> <laughs> It was the main one that had me cracking up on the floor. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. And Favor um, loved me in a place when I shared with her what transpired with my ex and and everything um, I shared with her. And she also called me on the carpet and was like, no, we are not going back to the, this is your fault. This is what you did bad. This is, you know, all of the things of the, um, self abuse that I would do, um, in order to explain why I didn't, uh, receive his love. It was, no, these are the things that we know about who you are. These are the things that we know about that relationship. And although you felt like this was the way that that was going, it didn't work out that way. And that's all good because, um, as you say, there are millions of people, billions of people in this in this world, on this planet, and one of them can be your guy. <laughs> so, you know, yes, exactly. And because it did not work out with him, um, that is fine. And, you know, I think being able to articulate it to someone who has had that experience or at least... Um, not even that our stories are exactly parallel, but just the fact that I know that she struggles in the same areas where I do, it was easier for me to share it with her. My girlfriends are fantastic and I knew that they would love me through it, um, but I wasn't ready to expose myself in that way because I didn't really know how to articulate it. And as much as you and I have spoken, as much as my girlfriends know me, they know that I can talk. I love talking. <laughs> and words are something that come easily. But when it comes to breaking down the emotions of what I feel in relationships, that's where I've always struggled. So the luminaries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you, yes, that was the name that you gave us. Um, so they are the group of women that literally are a part of my tribe that I run to when I'm struggling. Um, I love that our chats are just like, Hey girl, I'm struggling in this area. And it doesn't matter whoever it is. We actually have virtual love seats where we listen, we, you know, well, we read um, what the person is saying that they're struggling with. We have, gone and applied some of the things do you want us to just hold space do you want feedback do you need us to love on you in this area how can we help which I think is 
very, very helpful, even in my relationships outside of um, the, uh, the community. Mm-hmm. Being able to have that move over has been transformative because I was always the person that would give advice unsolicited. And some of my girlfriends really just wanted me to listen, but mm-hmm. they didn't know how to articulate that either. And now you've given me that tool of, okay, girl, what do you need? Do you need me to just listen? Do you want me to do something? Do you need me to love on you? Like, what do you need? And learning to um, process things in that area, even in future romantic partnerships, just seems like it will be such a great tool. And speaking of tools, tapping is amazing. Um, When I learned that at the retreat, And I didn't know that that was even a thing, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) tapping is fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or healing with getting in touch with all the stuff that I'm feeling and talking myself through these things. Like there's so many tools. It's just, honestly, it's overwhelming how many resources you give to us that at least I can say for me, I didn't know existed. And I've been in therapy for a very long time because mm-hmm. I've known, as I said, that my dad was an addict. So I started with like Al-Anon and all of those type of things. And I was never given these tools, but it's, ugh, it's amazing. Your program is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. So let's yeah. go ahead and talk about that. So your trajectory was, um, you know, follow the podcast um, well, actually, we've been in touch. I feel like we have been in touch throughout the years. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Finally, I got an opportunity to meet you, um, connect a, a name and an email with a face um, yes. at the retreat. And so at the retreat, you did join our smaller membership, which is um, now no longer available. Um, the smaller membership just had like a conglomerate of like a bundle of courses around self-love and relationships and boundaries and stuff, which you can get individually now. Um, but it came with a community group call. And then you joined A2A, which is the bigger program, the signature program. It's the one that um, um, for those who've been long-term listeners to the podcast, the, the main recovery school program, A2A has replaced that. And that is our six month um, program where we meet twice a month and just go deep and there's different tracks around self-love or dating and that's what you're in right now. And so um, how would you, how would you describe your experience in A2A and how it's been different from the retreat and how it's been helping you? So um, with A2A, um, very honestly, I've always known that that was where I needed to go Um, from listening to the podcast, but one Um, and you talk about this and uh, some of the other women, I've heard them talk about it too. Um, You have to be ready. Um, And what we don't realize is that we're already ready because we found you. Um, You just have to learn to invest in yourself. So what I have learned in A2A is one community is where it's at. that sisterhood and the transparency that we give each other, as well as just the protection of each other, um, you know, has been so just uplifting and eye-opening and exposing and 
it's it's been transformative like um I didn't realize when I, I when I had the first group call I attended the first group call with um A2A because mm-hmm. I was in group calls with the recovery school um mm-hmm. which those were good too very good um but the A2A call just hearing the other women's story and hearing the transformation of where they came from, where they are, and even the fact of what they struggle with at present, um, but also just their openness to feedback, their openness to share um, their trauma is something that I wasn't expecting because I think as people when you're healing, or at least my experience has been that I still preserve a little piece of me because again, that negative self voice of, if I show all of this, it's not gonna be accepted. But with A2A, I think the ladies were so welcoming and so open um, with who they are and owning their truth. It makes you want to, one, get to that place for yourself, but also own that, you know, and walk in that every day. And even in the community posts, just the things that we talk about and being able to give that transparency, um, that's been great. Then also being able to pull on the tracks, um, modules. Um, I'm definitely a person that I need a schedule (laughs) of, okay, work on this because I am 100% the person that's like, oh, this is what you want me to do. Okay, let me read the entire book in the next five hours and I will fix it in six. And (laughs) that's not reality. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But the modules, even the way that you roll them out, you don't allow us to have access to all of it because you know that there are those of us who will go and pull it off. and try to fix it, you know, yesterday. And just how you gradually take us through it is very amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. 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 I I feel like you're already, I mean, evidence of how you've grown and being able to be present is when earlier I had asked you, um, or I said, you sound like you're more balanced and you rephrased that and said, well, I'm finding balance. And being able to, withstand and be okay with being in that in-between and being in the journey and knowing that that's still beautiful is huge because as perfectionists want to, like you just said, give me the workbook, give me the curriculum. I'm trying to knock out this trauma. I got, mm-hmm. I got, um, <laughs> before I, I got five minutes on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay this money. I'm here to like be brand new without yeah. knowing that, okay, it's, this is an internal growth thing and it is, is going to look different than you may expect, but it doesn't make it any less powerful or transformational. Um, and I just truly believe, you know, you give women the tools and you just tell them and they, they can take it from there. They can um, hit the ground running. And what I also like about the program, you tell me if this feels, feels good for you is, um, so you, the program is six months. The curriculum rolls out within the first three months. And so you basically have three months of cushion 
which um, is for you to literally for you to make mistakes, literally for you to get in and be like, okay, I got this. And then, okay. you know, have a fight with your mama or date okay. someone crazy or reconnect with an ex or just procrastinate because your, your, your Trump response is like, Oh shit, this is real. I don't know. Right. If I want to, you know, um, that <laughs> what is, what has that been like for you? That part right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. This is real. I, I will share that. That was one of the things that I posted to the ladies initially was okay I'm three days in and I'm grumpy because <laughs> this shit is real <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. reading things and even though to your point that you uh, kind of alluded to earlier I've been following the podcast for years um you know I've been divorced now for three years and um I am well divorced and separated three years and I am um <sighs> recovering girl <laughs> mm -hmm. but you know following you on the podcast and then going to the attending the retreat and then being in the recovery school like I thought I had my ish together and mm -hmm. child I started the A2A curriculum and you caused me to dig deep into some areas that in the recovery school um to your point you're kind of doing the the self lessons alone, which you still are with the modules, but you're able to listen to the entire curriculum, Shandala, and <laughs> um, <laughs> say, okay, I got that. I listened to all of it. I'm good. I'll look at, you know, your worksheets and all of that stuff when I get ready, when I really want to dig deep. But now I figured out how to fix me and the modules and the way that the ladies speak about them in A2A, it kind of slows you down and to your point, make mistakes, but also to take the time to glean the knowledge from that curriculum, the way that you roll it out. I think it's fantastic. Um, and it is, it, if you allow it to be transformative, it is transformative. But if you're wanting to go into it to just say, you know, because there are those ladies that will attempt to do that. I'm just going to pay this money and I'm going to read all of the, I'm going to read all of the information that Sheena has placed out. I'll watch the podcast. I'll look at YouTube. I'll do all of the things um, in all the areas where you are, because you are a busy lady. <laughs> and um, you know, get all of that knowledge from you that way and I'll fix myself. But I think that A2A really does give you a formula to slow down, process that information and really do the work that it takes because it is work. It's deconstructing this view that we have of ourselves and kind of taking ourselves back to who we really see in our core that we are and realizing that it's okay to be imperfect in certain areas, but um, figuring out how those imperfections are preventing us from finding happiness in our um, romantic partnerships, as well as our friendships and, you know, dealing with our family and things of that nature too. 
Yeah. And in our relationship with ourselves, I mean, Oh, 100%. (laughs) The the group calls, I, I, I agree are really what helps people slow down and really get present. So when women tell me I'm so behind on the curriculum, I'm like, girl, you are not behind. You're exactly where you need to be, especially yeah. if you're sharing. Like you get so much just from sharing or listening in or just being in those calls and knowing that you're not alone and yeah. learning how to, it's, it's really cool to watch women who like come into the program and they like kind of um, lurk a little bit. <laughs> and they like, they forget to come to group calls or, you know, they kind of say, I don't have anything to share. And then they like watch other people share. And then they kind of like stick their toe out a little bit and just yes. watching loom and just watching like how more content they, they look and they report and feel. It's just, it's beautiful. Like th- this whole topic, this whole podcast is about finding your voice. And once you're able to truly find your voice and share your story and share who you are with people in a safe area, it just heals something on the inside of you. Yes, I agree. And, and that's the whole thing is, you know, like I said, finding my voice too. We were talking um, about that. I don't really struggle with being able to articulate myself. Anyone that talks to me knows that I'm able to give word to just about anything that I'm dealing with, except when it was emotional. Um, Mm -hmm. If it was, you know, I used to be a facilitator of trainings and things of that nature. So I can read you a manual, I can teach you anything. But what I could not do was teach myself how to love me in all aspects. And that's what I'm learning with A2A is loving me 100%. I've always been, you know, a little bit quirky and I've been fine with walking in that, which I know that there are women who struggle in that area. Um, But I've been fine with that. It was just my partnerships. I couldn't figure it out, but I didn't really realize until you and A2A that that was because I wasn't being true to me. I didn't know who Sean was. I knew a lot about her, but I didn't want to really look at all the aspects that were imperfect. And this self-love journey, even though I'm on the track of um, uh, dating while healing, the Mm -hmm. self-love journey started with your podcast and the retreat and the recovery school, all of that, I learned how to begin to love myself. And so that's what left it open where, okay, now that I love me and there's still days where, you know, like I said, 95% of the time, um, Mm -hmm. now that I love me, I can work on the other aspects, but I didn't want to work on my aspects of romantic partnership until I figured out Shonda's okay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Shonda is is a whole person, but the the partner that I want in whatever aspect that is, whether it's male, female, whether it's a blend of the two, I am fine with who Shonda is. And that has been the beautiful transformation that I can say I've come across with you for sure. Y'all was very crap. 
they almost made me cry. Well, girl, since I'm going to love on you then, I'm at least <laughs> going to tell you that, you know, the girls in um, the retreat, what we said to you and what we all mean is that the place that you come from with all of your curriculum that you give to us is from such a place of love. And it's so pure how you show up in every aspect. And Sheena, your work is transformative. It is so needed. We as Black women need a place, a space where we can be our authentic selves, be raw, be open, because we, um, just being very honest, we, we usually hear that, oh, Black women are so aggressive. We don't know how to show our emotions. We don't know how to do all of these things, we emasculate Black men, or we are constantly fighting with each other. But you teach us, in order for those things to be repaired, you got to get true with you. And the way that you love on us is just, it's amazing. It, it honestly is. And I thank you. I'm so thankful for you. <laughs> you can't see the smile through this through the phone but um thank you Shandala I really appreciate that so um this has been a great conversation I know we both have our days to get back to yes. but I uh, just have <laughs> one last question for you um if you could just share some encouragement for women who are currently um looking to find their voice um just what would you say to them and then part b what encouragement would you have for anyone who is wanting to work together and still a little bit on the fence well, one, I will say finding your voice, um, your voice is always there and your voice is enough. Um, the way to find that I have learned with Sheena is learning to love and accept the woman that you see in the mirror. All the imperfections, all of the negative things that you've been told are your story to write or rewrite. So the negative things, you can make those go away or learn to um, operate in them. And that will in turn help you to find your voice. Um, remembering that your partnerships, romantic, your friendships, your family wants you to show up as your authentic self. And it's okay to love yourself enough to not deal with people who don't want you to show up as your authentic self. So that is the encouragement that I will give um, women and working with you. <laughs> um, one, I will say, ma'am, lady, girl, just do it. Um, I am not paid for any of this stuff. I pay for this with my own money. So I will tell you women, this is not a plug. This is not a, Sheena solicited me. This is legit the most transform transformative thing that I have done for me um, was working with Sheena. She is really who she says she is. The warmth and all of that that you get on the podcast is not even close to the realness that comes on the group calls. As you can see that sometimes it gets raw, sometimes we curse a little <laughs> bit. So it's all good <laughs> because this shit is real. <laughs> but she is who she says she is. And this curriculum, this love journey for yourself and everything else is so, so worth every penny that you pay for it. 
because we go out here, we spend any money on these bags, on these shoes, on these dudes, on these trips, but invest in you truly. And all of those things will be that much sweeter. Yeah. I love yeah. it. And just yeah. last just encouragement. I think your story is really important because you started where you could. You started with smaller yeah. stuff, the podcasts with like the smaller programs and you built your way up. Um, so just just use all the resources that you can at whatever point you are. And um, I look forward to continuing to help you and everybody else. So thank you so much. Yeah. Of course, you're welcome. All right, ladies. So I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as I loved having it. Um, I told you that Shandala was full of so much love and wisdom and joy and majesty. And I'm just so happy that y'all got an opportunity to hear that from her um, and hear from just one of the one of the many amazing women in our community. So I promised at the beginning in the intro that I would let you know how you can continue to work with us um, with any of the options that Shandala mentioned, um, because there's there's many. And so, um, of course, this is on our website, but I will start with the big one, which is A2A. So that's our signature coaching program. It stands from, from addicted and avoidant to available. So it's for love addicts and love avoidance alike, women who are single, women who are partnered, women who want to work on themselves, women who want to work on how they show up while they are dating and building relationships. And um, there are two tracks for you to choose from to decide which goal works the best for you. You can learn all about it on our website by going to blackgirlshill.org. You can click on um, work with us, click on join A2A. There's multiple buttons either in the menu or in the front page. Um, so you can't miss it. And you will get a full breakdown of what the program looks like, what it entails. And you can also enroll um, right from there. If you would like to come to an open house uh, where I talk about the program live and you can ask me questions about it and, um, um, you know, uh, talk with other women who've been a part of the program, you can join us. Is I have an open house. I'm deciding I'm going to do open houses now on the first Tuesday of the month at 6 p.m. CST. So you just missed this one that I actually just did this past week, uh, but that option is also available. And you can also email us to see if we have um, an encore one going on, but that is our main option. As far as our retreats, our retreats are also open. Uh, one of the weekends, I believe, is full, um, but there are still some spots at the other ones. Our retreats this year are going to, we have three weekends instead of just one. So there's one in August, September, and October. And so same thing, you can go and look at the retreat, look at where we're having it, look at our tentative agenda, because like you heard from Shandala and from me as well, we I do try to meet the women where they are and what you're coming for and um, really focusing on building that intimate connection there. Um, so you can go ahead and snag your seat um, and either get a private room or a shared room. It is required that you stay on campus. Um, even if you live in Houston, which is where our retreats are, uh, because we want to have that sisterhood atmosphere. So there is that. And then um, the third options are our self-paced courses. I know that Many of y'all um, have wanted to join the bigger program, so wanted to do some of the bigger things, but you're just not at a place to, which is why I've pieced out our smaller programs so that you can join. And so at first we did have a membership that had them all at one time, but 
you would lose access once the membership was or if you unenrolled. And so um, we're going back to y'all being able to have lifetime access. So we have our You Are Worthy course, which is all about looking at how um, our childhood trauma may make us feel unworthy and really focusing on building our worthiness stories. Tapping, which is our favorite tool, um, like I talked about before, we actually have a course specifically um, under us where I go into detail about what tapping is. I give you tapping scripts based on love addiction, showing up in your family, um, based on just all the things that we hear that you learn about here that you can walk through in the course with us. And I also have supplemental scripts for the other smaller courses. Uh, we're building out a body work course that's really about you getting in touch with your body and your trauma and how it shows up there and how to not live in fight or flight response. We have a course about breaking trauma bonds. Um, you know, we just have a lot of smaller courses for you to to participate in. Um, and there's even a smaller course just on love addiction. And we have one more coming out that is about healing that love deprivation. Um, it's going to be called the Love Woman Foundations course. So um, go ahead, check out on the website, look at our work with us tab um, and see what fits best for you. And would love to support you in any of those things. And um, if you were really wanting to get a taste of what our community looks like if you're not going to be in the bigger program. But um, even if you've had access to the smaller pace programs, we also have a monthly healing circle call, um, which used to be our main call for the recovery school. But that is a call where um, I will teach a little bit. Women will submit questions. I will answer them live. And you will get an opportunity to connect with other women in our BGH community. And um, our students are also there um, because it is just part of, once you're part of our bigger program, you get access to the other group calls. So any of those options, all those options, none of those options, if you're like, none of that sounds good to me, are available for you. Um, and you can also check the website we um, to look at booking private calls with me as well, which is something I started to roll back out this year. So, um, um, and that looks like booking a private call, which is the option on the website. So hopefully that was extensive enough for you to know the options uh, or the main options without going too deep into the weeds. But um, I love, love, love supporting y'all. And I love hearing all of the stories from women who are using this podcast and using our materials to make movement and change. Um, I get messages every day from women who have never enrolled in a course, but you listen to this podcast almost religiously. <laughs> you you get the Healing Circle workbooks, you connect with your friends and your loved ones, you talk about the things um, in therapy that you learn about here, and um, you tell me how your life is changing, and that's wonderful. And I absolutely love anytime I get a chance to physically touch or get to know the stories of the women in my community more intimately in our in our um, coaching programs and that I get to have more access and availability to you to help you move forward. Um, it's an honor that I will never ever get over um, and a privilege. And so uh, to those of you who may be joining our healing family, I can't wait to meet you. For those of you who are already here, I love each of you dearly. And um, to all my graduates and my alumni, y'all are killing it. And I'm so proud of all of you. And I'm just full of love. <laughs> I'm just full of love and happiness right now. But I hope that all of you have a fantastic week, that you are living in your truth, that you're living in what feels good to you. And as always, please, please, please 
Number one, take care of yourselves. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.